Hello everyone, this is DJ, this is Marco, Michal, and this is CG Talks, the podcast where CG guys talk about CG, and tonight with us we have a special guest, the heaviest of polys, Mr. Von Ling. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so, we're pretty excited for the, for the episode. Uh, um because we're kind of all fans of your artwork i think at least i can yeah say i've been following that's a, a lot of that'd your, be an understatement I, yeah. even a lot yeah. of your endeavors uh, a lot of your artworks and uh, and recently i've been playing also with your digital app that you're developing so maybe yeah. introduce yourself to our audience but just before that, uh, Marco, I can hear you, but you are very, um, very silent. Oh, am I? Really? I Even now? Yeah. Also. Yeah, your a volume was better before. Um, oh no, you're a little bit soft. But it's. Uh, is still it like closer, closer to the like, mic? Maybe. <laughs> I, I'm at like I'm at kissing distance at this point. That that sounds normal, actually. But also, oh, this is okay. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, we so I'm I'm recording into Audacity yeah. also so uh, hopefully like the the transients look like they're okay at least in Audacity so okay yeah um, we'll be, all right we'll so be all right. I guess for to introduce myself I'm uh, working in, in animation stuff here in Los Angeles I worked on TV stuff. Um, I I worked on a Spider Into the Spider Verse more recently, and um, Love, Death, and Robots: The Witness, and so I guess my work is sort of a mixture of two D and three D stuff. Um, I'm actually a fan of Garage Farm. I've I've used Garage Farm in the past, and and they were really kind to me, even though I screwed up my oh, renders. Shucks. But um, and yeah, so lately I've been working on an uh, a painting app called Heavy Paint. Because I was um, I was going out painting with a, a local group here every weekend. We would use uh, gouache paints and or watercolor or whatever, and just just go out and paint. And um, and then I wanted to try painting on my phone, and I had just a couple tools that I really wanted, like just very basic stuff. And so I tried to learn how to do it, like watching a YouTube tutorial or something like that, and just made a little thing. To try out and then and then I took it on a trip played with it and posted online and then other you know some friends were like oh can you send that to me and so I started sending it out to people to try and then it just kept kept going from there and now it's been like two years working on this thing and that's like my main project right now yeah it's been a lot of fun that's it's yeah. crazy, and you you like had you did you have any kind of like coding experience before, um, or did you just like this is it is it based on the Godot engine or? Yeah, it is. It's based on Godot engine, which is uh an open source game engine. It's similar yeah. to Un- Unity and uh, you know, Unreal Engine, but it's it's I like to think of Godot engine like it's like the Blender equivalent. Of game engines it's since it's open source it's very small size very quick to to open and it's very good performance especially on older devices so that's mm-hmm. something that really attracted me to it and 
in terms of uh previous experience i i all i had done before was making scripts and like pie menus and ui stuff for blender because mm -hmm. um you know i like to customize the interface and um make things a little bit cleaner and simpler for for the stuff that i do a lot so i just make write a little script to, to automate something and then the only way to do that in Blender is with Python. So I kind of learned Python through Blender. And then GDs, ah. uh, Godot also uses a Python-like language. So it was kind of a easy to switch over. Nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Actually, I was, um, well, I, I had a few questions lined up, but that, that basically answers a couple of them. But then... <laughs> Um, I, uh, yeah, like I noticed like in, in, in your work, it's like that, that, that sort of seems to be like, a like a recurring theme. I, like, I don't know if it's, um, if, if it was deliberate or, or, or it just comes out, but, but it's like, there's a lot of elegance in the stuff that you do. Like it's especially, especially in, um, your 2D work. Like, I really like how you're able to to create something readable um with seemingly like uh like really concise like strokes and i mean it but then i've also seen like some of your work for uh like i think i've i saw like one of your um your line drawings for one of the sets i think it was some um, peter parker's oh sorry miles's um uh, uncle's apartment. apartment yeah 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 and uh it i mean like i was telling dj before the call it's like it's it's insane because like the draftsmanship is really good and your perspective is super on point um but then you're also like you also play a lot in like the looser um side of, of yeah uh, 2d well, stuff and... i guess maybe i can explain the draftsmanship part as coming from uh, my background with industrial design. So I, I went to school for mm -hmm. industrial design and automotive design in Detroit. And, you know, they make you do a lot of the perspective stuff and a lot of just line drawing. So, you know, in school, I it was only drawing. They didn't teach you much about like painting. We, we did learn about rendering, which is sort of like a shorthand version of painting where you're just trying to like describe the forms as quickly as possible. Right. So, yeah that's where that's like kind of the side the way i was approaching things for a long time was just like how do we describe this as efficiently and quickly as possible this shape yeah that's in your head and that that's the whole point and you know that that kind of training like vis visual communication training stuff that stuff um you know started before compute uh you know before computers a lot of the industrial design people were just like hand drawing all the orthographics right, yeah. and everything. So, you know, you had to be kind of clear and quick with it, I guess. Um, but at the same time, I started working in uh, toys and stuff. So we, we did have to do orthographic drawings there. And so I got to experience that. And, and I realized I really hated doing ortho drawings because they're very tedious and boring, you know, to draw. So that's kind of how I got into 3D stuff too, is because it's a tool that makes it so you don't have to do this boring ortho drawings. You can just make a model 
and say this is yeah. the shape that I want exactly. You know, it, there's no translating between 2D and 3D is a lot of work and things little details get missed all the time if you're working with a another person who's making the model so it's it's much right. more direct if you can make the shape exactly how you want it yourself. So that's how that's how I got into 3D stuff. Wow. So okay. you never even really Oh sorry, go ahead. I kind of have had a um, impression when I was looking at your sketches that they re, re, re remind me architect architectural drawing, like this kind of um, quick uh, liner uh, drawing with some with good feeling of perspective, but basically to sell the idea uh, with the with the sketch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like. Um... I feel like industrial design is sort of a cousin with architecture where like the nerdy it's in between engineer and artist sort of a thing somewhere in the middle. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, on, on first year of architecture list uh, where I studied, we did some, um, some designs like that as an introduction and just to, to be aware that something like that exists. So it's uh, it's a similar uh, field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I wanted to ask uh, about the heavy paint thing, the the app, uh, where you focus on the dig digital painting side, like uh, yeah, so more on the artistic side uh, in the digital form, but it's uh, like very, like you know, painting very artistic venue. And uh, do you keep this like uh, worlds apart with the modeling? This more technical vehicle design and stuff that you do in the Mac design. Actually, do, you, do you keep it like worlds apart or do you try to no, combine them somehow in your works? No, no, they're, they're not separate at all, actually, because the, the painting, like the past few projects I've worked on have been all about getting the paintings into 3D as closely as possible. So like Spider-Verse, The Witness, the latest one yeah. I worked on was also very very heavily based off paintings like digital paintings but actually on the camera because when most of the time there's people that there's separate jobs right there's somebody who does the concept art slash paintings then there's somebody who does the 3d and then there's somebody who like does the compositing and all that and it, and what happens is like it from the painting or the sketch to the screen it changes a lot and it's not it's not the same so yeah, this whole thing is all about like directness and make taking the actual pixels from the painting and putting them directly onto the screen as much as possible so that it's not there's no longer a line between concept art and production art. It's the same thing, you know. It, yeah, I'm, I, I was just curious about whoa. this because uh, because of the uh, thing that Blender evolves into some somehow, you know, it's it's somehow like very favorable for concept artists right now. Like you had like Jama Jubaev and people like that jumping mm -hmm. into Blender and finding it like a perfect tool for this kind of job. Mm -hmm. And it kind of starts to incorporate a lot of tools like like you mentioned, you know, the grease pencil that's developed as a two D three D mixture and all of these things uh, that can be yeah mixed together and done in a one, one single package and mm -hmm. yeah, cre just creatively used. Yeah, Blender's Blender's pretty amazing, and I'm sure you guys know that because you deal with Blender a lot. And like, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing that probably the past year or two, you've seen much, much more 
blender activity happening for garage farm maybe yeah. uh it's growing it's growing yes it is yeah it is when, when it comes to number of customers yes but not especially for the size of the projects yet oh okay so yeah. it's yeah. mostly like, it's like hobbyists and smaller people, yes so. it seems that way okay. yeah but i mean like i on personally i think the fact that we've seen such a huge like spike in like the influx of you know um blender users uh like there's a lot of i i'm i'm really hopeful because honestly i mean personally i didn't think that um like i i've been using blender uh since day one in garage farm and it just never really seemed like like you'd hardly ever see uh like people rendering with blender for for so long and um there was always sort of this sense that like uh like maybe like blender might not ever really make it into um like as an industry standard for this or that reason but then i've always really kind of felt that it ought to mm -hmm. um but then i figured okay like you know like i understand like there are i mean the costs of having to to retrain like your 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 teams and everything outweigh the benefits of you know yada 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 and so i figured like yeah i mean i'm sure there are practical like constraints and uh maybe maybe it just won't happen and then 2.8 came out and then it just kind of exploded yeah um and it's been picking up momentum since and it's yeah it's really great like i'm really i'm personally really excited and i think it's only a matter of time before like we start seeing uh we start getting like really really big customers rendering in blender um over at the farm yeah yeah it's definitely a long journey for for those kind of open source projects but i'm, I'm glad yeah. they're making it now gives me hope too know, with my little it's... project that maybe someday you know it starts out little but you just have to have patience i guess <laughs> yeah so. i mean like just based on on everything that's because i've yeah, like based on based on a lot of like open source stuff that's been out there for some time that's getting like huge attention now. I think I think it's almost safe to say it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Um but yeah. since you worked with uh, on Spider-Verse project, so you work you have a experience in working uh, with a professional studio with a very professional project. Uh do you uh, suspect or, or know what are the reasons why uh, many studios are not treating Blender yet as a, as just a normal part of their pipeline. Well, I think it's a I think it's a process because um, well, what's happening now I think is a lot of the concept art departments are getting introduced to Blender, and that's like where it has its first entryway because you know the concept art side you know that that doesn't require changing the entire pipeline yet if just a few right. viz dev artists are using it which is like what i was doing so like they don't mind me using blender because their pipeline stays maya it stays intact like they don't have to change too much but i think eventually once you know more people slowly it starts trickling in and people are like oh wait it can do this stuff that we can't do Maybe we should try using it, but it it is very difficult though because it's like it's not just a handful of artists; it's like an entire building full of artists 
that are all using Maya, right? So mm. it's not easy to just say, oh, I'll throw that out. Let's try something new today. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's probably going to take a long time. Or the other option is probably what I think will happen is a lot of smaller studios that are starting out will, will be using it. And that's how it'll like start to gain a lot of momentum that way when small studios make successful projects with it. And uh, yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking that it's also the the game development uh, department, like the the whole industry, is a little bit more like on the edge of experimentation on many stuff, many stuff like like software use, for example. Like if you take a look on 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 the game artists forums or or just in, even you know work uh, like positions that are <clears throat> requirements for positions for for game uh, game artists there are a lot of a lot more blender you know related jobs or postings or stuff like that yeah and i think that's that's because it's yeah it's a little bit more open it's and like you said the, about the concept art department i think it's also a little bit more yeah open for experimentation like innovation and just yeah yeah, it's more flexible because it doesn't have mm -hmm. to fit into the giant machine directly, you know. <laughs> so yeah. you can kind of like float around outside it and not. I was pretty. It. I was pre pretty surprised by by one of the Blender conference uh, announcements where where the guys from 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 a card designer uh, department, yeah. you know, in one of the companies said that Kiss, they were Kiss, experimenting. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've I've uh, I know Koenigsegg. I think was using Blender, you know, the supercar people. And, um, you know, Honda's been reaching out to, to try to, every, they're all trying to just do the, do it, you know, the most efficient way with the least amount of money, I guess. So if Blender is that tool, then everyone will eventually go there, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's, it's on the way. It's on the way, definitely, I think. Yeah, exciting yeah. times. What about um, like how's your? Because I know you also do. Uh, or I'm not sure if you still do it now, but do you still like do like Blender training, like corporate uh, training, and yeah, Blender, yeah, yeah. I've, I've done a few. Like I, I was, I did a little workshop at DreamWorks TV a couple of years ago. Um, I've done little workshop. I did a moto workshop at Trek Bicycle, so I've tried to do a few of those over the years and um and yeah teaching online also has been sort of a big thing for me too um especially yeah. uh you know i mean it's nice because i it, it allows me to be more flexible too with my schedule and i can you know also work on these side projects like heavy paint so you know if i was um doing a full-time thing uh, there's no way i could you know do this side project at the same time so yeah yeah for sure but man that's that's really cool like how how um did you notice like any more like did your did the number of um students like um, have more corporations like reached out to you since 2.8 maybe or well i mean it's and uh, yeah, yeah, students do, you know, for... for for me, it's yeah, it's been good. It's been not like a huge explosion for me, but I mean, it's still going. It doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. So I, it's good enough for me, at least. Nice. Yeah. 
Wow, that's really cool. Um, so like, what what what's it like, kind of working with um, like, what was it like working uh with the everyone else had love, death and robots and Spider Verse. Was like, was were were these things that you were able to do remotely as well? Or? Um, well, Spider Verse was in person, and that was a very interesting project. Um, you, uh, I don't know if you guys know Alberto Mielgo, but I've been kind of following him around for a long time. Um, we we first worked on worked on a Tron Uprising in like 2012. So I kind of like oh cool really love his style, love the way he he uh, you know does his art directing and everything. Because I feel like um, with him, you kind of learn a lot just by being around and uh, seeing how he does stuff. Um, He's very, like, he treats everybody the same, you know what I mean? Like, even the janitor to the, to the wow, CEO, cool. he's, like, going to be this, he's going to yeah, treat everyone yeah. the same way. And he's going to, you know, if he doesn't like you, he'll let you know. If he likes you, he'll also, he's very honest and all that and very blunt. So it's, and then, but also, like, with work. He's he's very honest too, and and usually when he has suggestions or he gives you advice, it's it's usually stuff where I'm like, wow, okay, that's that's way better than what I had in mind. So, thank you. You know, it's like uh, I'm learning every time yeah. I get feedback from him. So I'm I feel wow. pretty lucky to be around him, and and also the nice thing is that he he tends to attract a lot of the best painters too um onto his project so i get to see like the most incredible graphic rich like super i don't know abstract it's like christmas every time there's a an art review you know every week there's art coming in from everywhere we had like craig mullins and neil ross campbell and peter chan all these crazy people that Whoa. you know i've i've seen their work online and and been big fans of them all these years and then i get to be working on the same project is always like really exciting so i'm definitely very lucky and and happy to work work with those guys yeah i was i was a bit wow. curious about how how it happened that you got to be involved in this uh, this kind of a project sure. of that of that size and was it was it just a bite from an sure from sure a radioactive spider or something like this <laughs> Well, something more um, less casual. It's it's not too exciting, actually. I I will um, humble brag a little bit that uh, Alberto was the first person on that project, like before they even had a director, right? So there's nobody in this whole floor at Sony is empty except for him in his office. And then he called me and said, "Hey, you want to work on the Spider-Man thing?" I went there, empty office. He showed me the paintings that he was working on and and i was like okay let's do it and then uh and that, that was it so i was like i was the first uh vista of artists in the office for them and there was one other uh there was a storyboarder there also named miguel and then they got the director also um in between that time too so we were got to be very lucky there but uh, honestly like with alberto I, like i said i've been following him around since like 2012 so every you know a lot of projects i've kind of just he'll just call me up and say hey do you want to do this and i usually say yes 
Um, and uh, I can say like that first one, the, the Tron thing was also a very lucky thing. I, I know I keep saying lucky and it's maybe annoying for people that are trying to get into the industry, you know, because it's like, you know, how lucky can you be? But I can I can only talk about like what worked, how it worked for me personally was I was posting online a lot on blogs, you know, like blogspot.com. And I had a little circle of friends on Blogspot and I would um, see their work and write comments and they write on my, my page and we just, you know, talk to each other for every once in a while. And then I was in Los Angeles for um, an internship at the toy company and that was coming to an end. So I was gonna about to go back to school in Detroit and finish up my school um, when I got an email from um, from uh, Anis Naim, who's uh, another concept art guy, but we were just friends on the internet. Like we never met each other before in person. He didn't know if I was a psycho murderer or something. He had no idea. He just, all he knew was my work. And he saw like, I, I had been doing some like futuristic spaceships for fun that were kind of like very minimal sleek stuff. And he saw that and said, oh, maybe this will work for our Tron TV show. So he emailed me and told me, Hey, I'm leaving this job. Do you want to take my spot? Um, and I said, okay. And then I went. And so I, I, I bought a, like a dress shirt. Like I didn't have any clothes or anything because I, I was just coming from school to, for internship and I was about to leave and I didn't have a car or anything. So I just, um, rented a car, I think for that day, because I think there wasn't any, uh, Uber yet. So I just rented a car, got a, got a dress shirt and, and drove over there and 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 did an inter interview and that was it it's 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 crazy i don't wow. i don't i got i can't believe it worked like that but really it's just none of that would have happened though if if i didn't have like that stuff online and like been talking to to anise for maybe like over a year and having putting myself out there a lot um i don't know yep I have impression that the key was also the fact that you you were doing the things you liked. So this this uh, this uh, spaceships was something you did as your you know like passion work, yes, or hobby, like yeah. just for and yeah. And I think that like these two things combine, like do the stuff you like, you really enjoy, and then show it to people yeah. that can attract some some people interested. it's that's so important like especially for um i know a lot of a lot of people get very um locked in on their portfolio early on and they also get locked in on how do i make my work into something that is marketable for the industry you know or how do i make the thing that yeah. this company might like but it really should be the other way around. Like you really do have to be doing what you're passionate about. And if that happens to fit with some company somewhere, they will recognize it. Hopefully if your stuff is out there enough and, and hopefully reach out. But I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tough for me to try to give advice on this. Cause, cause that's just what ha worked for me. Like that's what I've found throughout through the years. It's just, it has, it's always me doing a personal project just for myself, purely for no reason at all. Not for school, not for somebody else, not for work. It's just for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's very selfish. 
and that that those are the projects that always uh lead to the next thing you know yeah man i don't know i mean like like i have zero authority on 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 like on any of this but i will say that like at least to me i mean like your your work really does stand out um i guess precisely because it's something that it's something that you do for you first like the level of i don't know like the level of um expression for example in your in your paintings are i mean like i don't really see that many of that like relative to um like the the kind of how would you say it like the like the the stereotypical like concept art looks mm -hmm. which isn't to say there aren't like a lot of really cool artists also doing their own thing it just seems like uh yeah it really does seem like majority um like majority of the time uh it it seems like work like a lot of work is being put out there that's oriented towards um kind of appeasing like one studio or another's yeah. kind of aesthetic it's yeah you know so yeah it's, it's more I find, I find oh sorry go ahead so I find I find that you kind of like had this similar similar approach to developing heavy paint. Like I've watched some some of your live streams where, when you're you know testing out the new features and stuff, and uh, you were talking about you know some critical uh, notes from from UI designers that you get you know and and you try to kind of like go your own way in sort sort of like follow your intuition on on how things should be because you're really developing it for yourself. Kind of like trying to solve your own problems, mm -hmm. and I guess it's it's kind of hitting the mark. At least I was playing it <laughs> with heavy paint a little bit, uh, on, at least on my cell phone, and I was trying out a, a few apps like I don't know Autodesk Sketchbook or stuff like that. You know, with a little bit more fancy, you know, brush features, or and it seemed to be like the simplicity of your design kind of worked for for the simple device at, at least i found it more appealing to me for for a mobile device than than on uh on desktop mm -hmm. that was my my impression cool and yeah. probably that was your main yeah the, your main focus first like because of the letter interfaces with super simplified yeah yeah i i definitely tried to you know list my prior priorities of what i think is the most important and then build the interface from that backwards and and i will say that the uh the list of priorities for for most apps is very different from my personal priorities and and then yeah and like all uh, i i got um unsolicited messages and emails from professional like ui people who had used heavy paint and they were like you know you can do this this and this to make it better and i was like no, no, those are all things that would make it more like the other apps that I see that are, I, I believe, are not optimized for painting. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, maybe it's something about me where I'm just like, I think I know what I'm, I think I know what I'm doing. Maybe I'm too, too cocky or something, but I always sort of trust my own uh, instincts most of the time. And I think that that like leads me down these weird pathways a lot where 
um it, it gets weird but uh usually it, it ends up okay <laughs> you know but uh yeah so, that's that's so, that's kind of like uh, a bit dangerous you know to to walk this untread untreaded paths but i guess that's the only way to find out whether whether it works like someone someone has to go that route yeah yeah and check but, but i'm curious yeah. and it's clearly working I'm, for I'm you curious, right what are these priorities for this app which you mentioned what what's um, most important well number one when you're painting is you need to be able to pick colors mix colors mm-hmm. and if you notice 99% of apps don't have color picking as a first class of the UI yeah like you have to click on a button in order to get to the color mixing mm-hmm. you see what i mean yes yes so so think about how many yeah. times you have to pick your color every time you do a painting is it thousands of times tens of thousands Hello. of times right yeah every single time yeah, you have yeah, to do an extra sure. click to get there that adds up very quickly so it's little things like that every single click is extremely important when you when you're doing these highly repetitive tasks you know yeah, it's, it slows down the whole loop yeah like, yeah exactly it's, it's yeah so so you start to think different way a little bit because it stops the that this do- doodling mode in your head mm-hmm. but I, yeah. i'm i'm not it's saying that those apps killer. are wrong i'm saying that they have a different list of priorities mm-hmm. like they work properly for what they are trying to do which is probably to be bigger like they most apps are much much bigger than heavy paint they have more way more functionality they have like selection tools they have uh you know calligraphy and illustration stuff and they have like auto shapes and things pen tools there's just so much more functionality that you can't like you can't fit it all so you have to like uh decide what's the most important and i i, I guess like you know they have to choose pick and choose what they want to highlight and what to make big um so i guess that's an advantage that i have right now is that the app is very relatively small although yeah. it's getting to the point now where with you know i'm adding layers and stuff where i'm having to start to make more difficult choices of what to keep and what to to hide you know so it's it's tricky <laughs> I think you know, mm. like some of the of the t- software developers, especially recently, like V-Ray, they made like versions of the software, like the the modes. And the first one is the the simplest one. You don't have to go into these more complicated options. So it's you know, like so it's compact, it, it's it's fast. I also noticed that your uh, your your app is very very fast, and I wouldn't be worried. At some point, I had some problems with Krita that, you know, installing more and more software on my computer. At some point, there was there was some problems with uh, with um, um, with the responsiveness. Not um, like very little, very little from from times to times, but mm-hmm. it's it's destroying the whole the whole momentum of of painting. Yeah. So. And, and I noticed that your I, I unpacked your um, uh, archive, downloaded from your website, and it didn't install the the app on my computer. This is just a file where I had to do a shortcut, right? So yeah, yeah. It's, so is, is there any yeah, specific reason for that? No reason. That that's just how 
Godot engine exports stuff. That's also how Godot works. Like there's no installer. Also like Blender oh. doesn't have any installer. A lot of these open source things don't have installer. Although I'm not open source, but I'm like coming from this open source thing. So they kind of just, and I honestly, I like that way more because it's more portable. You can just put it on yeah. a drive and copy it somewhere and then you just run it. You don't yeah. have to install anything or, yeah, or exactly. uninstall, can, right? just delete it. <laughs> Especially, for example, when you are a teenager and you spend time at your dad's work and he doesn't want you to install any stuff <laughs> yeah, exactly. on his work computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> but I noticed there was there's one uh, tool that I haven't uh, uh, I haven't met before. Uh, this is one of the brushes where you uh, you paint with the brush and it kind of like creates some kind of. Uh, um, like a shape which is following your mouse but it's mm -hmm. not really drawing so what what's the what 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 stands behind the idea of this brush why what, uh, what is it for are you talking about the the fill brush where you you draw a shape and it fills it in with color no no i mean it um it um it creates uh um you can choose different shapes but it creates something like um oh my god i forgot the word <laughs> in english like uh, a lasso the, kind of a... The, the 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 stuff with for example comet comet has uh oh uh same like a trail yeah exactly and our and when you when i so so first i used it so i thought that this is kind of like more or less randomly drawing the line but i noticed that this point where i started drawing that that part is actually moving and it's it's like this um oh like it's stretching right it's stretching yeah like stretching but also but also but also moving right i mean i i think i noticed that uh that that point where I, where i started drawing uh, that in that place it, it moved out from that place yeah well what's happening there is um i have a, a mode where the texture the brush texture follows your stroke and it stretches out so um yeah as it stretches it stretches along the length of the entire curve so it it might like sh seem like it's shifting a little bit um mm -hmm. depending on oh, which yeah. texture you use if you use a texture that like doesn't end right at the end of the border of the image then it will seem to shift a little bit because it's stretching oh. but if you use a texture that's like going right up to the edge of the image then it will stay like locked on that you know bit oh. point but uh, yeah, everything is based off points too, or like vector kind of based. It's 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 similar to grease pencil, I guess. It's in it's like sort of like three D geometry ish, and I think that's how um, I think it it runs pretty quickly that way, like because uh, I think a lot of apps tend to do like a repeat where they they take a texture stamp and they repeat it along a curve. But mm -hmm. my, my method is more like just stretching one texture along a curve um, or, you know, playing with the UVs to get weird random stretching effects. And uh, I'm trying to be efficient about it, but it's tricky. But the one benefit of that, too, is that you can draw something. And because it's all stored as points in strokes, um, that means you can re like you can rebuild the canvas at any size you want. So you can say like, you know, I drew it at 320 by 320. I want to render it at 1920 by 1920 because it's just like a 3D model, you know? Wow. Um, 
and so you can go back and forth you know and no no loss in quality which i think is cool and i noticed that there is a left-handed mode yes which i <laughs> I'm, i'm happy that we are in the same the same yeah. uh, sect yeah we will take over the world one day right one day. right i think but, <laughs> uh, I, i was gonna say like i don't know about you but i i feel sensitive to ui maybe because of being lefty because all throughout our lives we are presented with things that are a little bit off or like not correctly designed for us right so yeah. we're like huh and then so i i feel like i feel much better I, or i notice much better when things are are right for me you know and then i i really like get very picky and and ocd about that kind of stuff <laughs> So, I get it. so talking about this stuff, I need to ask the question: uh, Are you right click or left click selecting Blender? Oh, left click, <laughs> left click for sure. Left click. Are you you right click? No, I I, I was when it was not an option, but right now I, I'm just following the trend. Yeah, I guess I, I just switched. Right. So. Oh, nice, nice. It doesn't seem doesn't seem to make you know this kind of a fundamental difference for, for me mm-hmm. maybe maybe less fundamental than this 3d cursor <laughs> yeah but uh, did you have problems as a left-handed kid like when you were at school because i don't know how it looks it, it looked in uh, other countries but in poland i in poland i, w- I was growing up in times be- between between the times where you were forced to not use your left hand and like my grandfather oh wow and times where it's fine so i, I was kind of be, being ashamed by by teachers maybe and some adults that i'm left-handed and it was like concerned like a good uh, piece of advice that i would learn to to use right hand because i don't know i would have a problems with scissors so and i so you were forced You were forced to do right right hand. I was lucky that I wasn't like oh, I was this okay. this generation that w- I only met this like like the 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 remains of this of this of this yeah, uh, yeah. practice. Wow, yeah, that's that's amazing. Uh, well, well, I I guess yeah, we I, they didn't force me to to do to do righty or anything, but yeah, there is that still there is that still like. You know, left-handed is for the devil and all that stuff, right? It's it's still there a little bit, which makes sense. It it practically it makes sense if you're trying to make a you know a nice smooth society. You want everyone to be using the same hand. That way, we ha- have to design half as many products for half as many people, right? You know, it's it makes sense to standardize yeah. that. Um, you know, in in time in time, I grew up in times of communism in Poland, so in these times uh there was you know there were no private companies that would create some stuff for left-handed so people were people were adjusted to to the products rather than yeah the, yeah the other way the, the only the only i i i have never thought actually about how being left-handed um uh, is affecting my the way i'm using graphic user interface in on computers but actually buying my first tablet for drawing was a problem like uh all the all the buttons were on the left side 
Oh, and, right. And you now, like, so how can I like lay my hand and to draw without uh, uh, pushing? Them? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But also notice that when I was I, I used your uh, your application and yeah I I haven't spent enough time with it to really understand the whole whole UI but for sure it showed me that at least in my in my case I ha I have a lot of um, habits because I was in some cases I was looking for some options in places where they were not located <laughs> but also this but this color picker. I noticed that that this is this is this is much faster. So in Krita it's a little better. In Photoshop it's a tragedy, uh, unless I know there are some plugins there to for, for color picker. And yeah, I, and I was I was thinking that maybe some of them are your personal um, personal um, um, choices, like this little button on the top. I don't remember for what it was like a little, very little bar, and I, actually this is something I don't, <laughs> I don't like in software. I like when I have to click on something that is big. <laughs> like I don't, yeah. I don't have to, you know, uh, target. Yeah, very yeah, precisely. Well, I will say that some of the things in that version, particularly, uh, are a bit hidden by design, like. Uh, you might have been looking for opacity control, and there is no opacity, obviously. Uh, or the, you, there is no visual opacity control. You kind of have to discover it, <laughs> which uh -huh. is maybe a bad thing because like a lot of people are like, "Where do I do opacity?" But uh, I tried to design it too, where like you it you discover things as you go, as you need them. So you don't have mm -hmm. everything like all at once. So there's like rotation control and opacity control are both hidden in that version. If you if you stumble upon them accidentally, then you, then you know where they are. And like that little bar you're talking about is just to like move move the the interface around. I don't I don't know. It's just like yeah, some some of the stuff is a little bit obscure. But the the newer version will is I think I'm a bit compromising more compromising on the newer version where I'm trying to make things a little bit more accessible and less cryptic <laughs> because I know maybe it's like not not great to to be like purposely confusing people you know <laughs> you wanna... that, that was you did it on purpose to confuse no no not to purposely confuse but to purposely no, hide I... or oh. to purposely withhold things at first so that they don't get overwhelmed you know because I, I also think that opacity control is like is really bad for digital painters. I think it ruins a lot of digital painters, mm -hmm. especially when you're starting out, because you don't ever learn how to mix colors if you're using opacity all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was yeah. wanted to ask about this. Uh, yeah, I was whether oh. you're fully digital right now with artwork or still kind of like play with a traditional medium somehow. Because I found a big difference between uh, the digital artwork and the traditional artwork is that the lack of undo in the traditional medium, like mostly, it's it's some it seems like a like a like an obstacle somehow, but it also kind of helps you, you know. Because what uh, at least I, that's what I love about the ink drawing, for example. I I do ink drawings 
sometimes even without you know without a pencil under sketch or whatever just to have this line where i put the line on the paper it's just there and it has to stay and it it kind of teaches you to to be more decisive when when drawing i totally agree man it's like yeah there's no under undo but look at look at all these people that they they turned out fine without the undo right like leonardo da vinci he was fine without undo so like maybe maybe <laughs> yeah. it's better to not have one do who knows yeah, think about the, these sculptures in, in in marble right yeah. yeah just chip off and it's gone yeah i was actually wondering if like your if if um heavy paint like sort of is designed to follow like the a more, yeah like, definitely traditional medium yes of yes for sure it was if i mean sort like of i said i was going doing for. a lot of yeah. gouache painting outside with this group and that's like how I was thinking it's just gouache is also very much like eh, I mean it's pretty like you can't really undo too much with gouache <laughs> um it's not as bad as watercolor but yeah yeah uh, so yeah it's it's very I, I I think a lot of uh traditional painters have been attracted to it for that reason too where it's like it's sort of similar to regular painting um and even the early versions didn't have an eyedropper yeah. and didn't have undo. And people were really into that, you know? <laughs> They're like, wow, it's so it's so scary. And <laughs> yeah, basic. I can imagine. Yeah. But and then but I you know what I found too is like I've been I've been working on this layers version for the past few months, like a, a complete rebuild from scratch of heavy paint. And I tried to add in layers and eraser and masking and all these features that um, I wanted for like production stuff and it worked fine for production stuff but then just now I'm starting to realize wait a minute like I am not having as much fun painting with all the layers and extra new features that I spent three months on what do I do you know so now I'm thinking man man maybe I should just have that stuff turned off by default so it's like a, a different mode like you were saying like you have a production or full features mode and then you have a just regular painting mode just for so you can enjoy it and like focus and be in the zone yeah because the layers actually does like it takes you out of the zone transforming moving things around takes you out of the zone because then you're not like you're not drawing for your life you know like drawing like your de life depends on it because if you screw up you're hmm. you screwed up yeah yeah the stakes stakes are much lower stakes, right? i yeah. think uh, yeah it's, uh, yeah for sure this is also the process of learning like if you have undo especially if you are like some kind of more perfectionistic person like compulsive i don't know obsessive compulsive you can really get stuck uh, on trying to make this perfect line and undo undo and yeah i remember when we were drawing for example at college and we we used uh, pencils, so you could always use the the, the rubber. Mm -hmm. But uh, I not I remember myself and also especially some some my colleagues that they got so frustrated with not being able to draw something that they would press the pencil harder and harder and harder, <laughs> or at some point you were not you were not able to really, uh, you know, like erase it. Mm -hmm. So they would take some bigger, uh, bigger pencil or uh, like more, um, more, less hard pencil. And it, it at some point is this, this, and they press it so much and 
draw over the existing drawing so many times that finally they had this shape and it was like this shape was like heavy from from the from coal <laughs> and yeah but it yeah. would uh, it would have like this very nice uh, feeling to that because you could see that that work in that image and of course and in terms of in, the, in in a longer shot you learned something on this because you i mean if like i had this problem with i remember my teacher told me that i i i, I had an order from him that i'm not allowed to use the rubber for eraser for for like first two hours of drawing on well, on one hour mm -hmm. Be because i would especially at first when i was learning i was attending some lessons i would just i, I think this is this is like a habit of many hobbyists or like kids from from school like i was that that you think that this using the razor is very important to to make this perfect shape or a shade and she told me no no you shouldn't do this and, and yeah, at that's... first my my images when i stopped using the rubber they looked terrible like it to look like I'm some kind of special kid, you know. <laughs> okay. Like drawing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But after some time, it's like re rewires your brain when when you you are doing this that way. Yeah. You have to learn to fall. You have to learn to fall. It's like you're learning, you know, judo. <laughs> the first thing you learn is how to fall, right? Mm -hmm, how to fall. Mm -hmm. But for example, but for example, right now because there is Krita, for example, so. Uh, if you would like to, you know, uh, advertise your software, what's the um, upper hand of 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 your application of HeadBrain? Oh, that's that's so difficult, Krita? so difficult for me to say. I feel like mm -hmm. I am the worst salesperson in the world, or close to it. So I, I, I I'll, I'll say what 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 other people say about it is that they like that it's much. It's very simple. It's very direct. It feels like traditional. There's not, it's not very overwhelming. But what I take all of those things to mean, and, and some, a lot of people say it's fun actually, but those words aren't like super descriptive of what is actually different about it. And to me, I think the, the technical side of what's, what's different is, is again, it's the priority of stuff, like arranging the stuff. And also, it's it's kind of difficult to to compare Krita to Heavy Paint because Heavy Paint is um, you know, it's on mobile, and I don't know if Krita is on mobile yet or is it? I don't know. Because yeah, desktop and mobile is is kind of a whole nother animal. But I, it's okay. Heavy Paint is only a few tools, but like very finely crafted, like very refined, and made to be super enjoyable, and just. Nice. I don't know how to explain it properly, but uh, <laughs> that's true. I mean, the closest the application is to real drawing, the better the the, mo the better it feels to use it. Like yeah, if it's 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 very light and uh, and quick, then it's it gives that feeling. And I also noticed one thing that when I first uh, used your uh, application, I thought, okay, these are very crappy brushes. Yeah, and <laughs> I thought. Oh, and then I then I watched some of your tutorials, and the, one of the things I noticed that you are using some of the uh, like right now there are old painting techniques, but you know like uh, impressionists used or other 
schools, for example, uh, where you don't mix the mm, the colors to get this particular hue and and use it. But for example, you place orange next to green, next to orange next to green, and at some point it gives you some kind of the general color uh, impression. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen it a lot uh, when I'm looking at uh, dig- digital painters. They usually use that exact uh, color they need. And I was thinking, okay, so so yeah, this this tool is 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 kind of forcing, kind of forcing that, because, and uh, you know, it, it, when you open Krita, and let's say you haven't, you have have never used any kind of, you have never painted actually. Let's say you can make like a one stroke of of with this one of these brushes, and it looks great. Like it looks very nice, very nice line, and these ones are kind of like. Uh, Row, but I notice on your tutorials that then you have to start to thinking in, in in a little other way when you mix colors and 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 get your shape. Yeah, this is my I, this is my impression. I think that I think raw is a good word for it. It is very raw. I think it keeps you honest as an artist. Like, yeah, you you it's very brutal almost. Like the color just shoves out right away. There's no opacity or anything, so you have to like very carefully pick your colors. But hopefully, it, I hope that it makes people that use it make more bolder with their colors or more comfortable choosing colors. And um, at least even to practice that, because honestly, most most of the time people avoid picking colors. They avoid mixing colors digitally. They use opacity and they use color picking a lot. And I, I do too. So I, I want people to avoid those things when they use heavy paint as much as possible and just directly pick yeah. colors. I think it's like a, a little bit like in music, like nowadays a, a lot of you know studio production, you have all those fancy toys that you can make music with, like super duper effects that you can put on your guitar or whatever, vocals, auto-tune, all, the, all those fancy toys. But when you really want to make music, you just need, you know, a simple raw instrument yourself your voice whatever and and then it's really music right then, then you can hear if there is music really yeah yeah and again i don't want to say that any other app is is not doing it the right way because you know sometimes you need this the full suite of everything and the studio and mixing and effects and like you need to have everything there and and those apps are like way way ahead of heavy paint in terms of a lot of you know tech and like work and abilities it's uh so yeah i i I need to work on this like i don't want to put any other software down because i you know like i've been using every everyone else and stuff and they're an inspiration to me like i love all these softwares i love alchemy and photoshop and painter and i've like used everything basically and uh they're all like inspirations too but yeah, I, this is just my my thing with my idea. So it's like very precious to me. It's my little tiny pet uh, project. And I really love working on it. Um, yeah, I wanted to, to ask one question about like your personal preference. Because we, we, we kind of throughout this cold conversation, we saw your like two sides of you. Like one is the, the artistic side, I would say. And the other one is like the technical side. 
like the developer of the app and it's, uh, what's what's more alluring for you like m- what's more fun for you like solving oh. technical problems or or the creative process of painting and you know that's a creating re- stuff. that's a really good question and um you know what i i think i'm right now i'm really enjoying the technical programming side because it's it's really fun and it actually is very creative as well it's like a you know solving a puzzle and you have to get around these problems and come up with all these weird like abstract uh machine you're like building lots of little tiny machines that can help you do your job or whatever uh, which i'm sure you guys know like running a render farm you're like automating a lot of stuff and it's very exciting when it all works finally so i really i really love i'm loving programming now and i've always had a side you know even from when i was really little i i, I always thought oh i want to be an engineer you know my my uncle was an electrical engineer so i wanted to be you know maybe i'll be an electrical engineer my dad was like a, a self-taught programmer and he would always be showing me like hey Vaughn, look this is the internet wow isn't this cool or oh this is linux i'm like wow, Linux looks super lame, dad. That's so boring. (laughs) So, but now I feel like, wow, okay, it it is kind of exciting. It's pretty cool. Maybe that that is a side of me that just now is like finally coming out. So I'm happy to have discovered it, I guess. But at the same time, I noticed that I will go through phases a lot where I sometimes I like 3D. Sometimes I like painting, sometimes I like drawing, and I just like go in a little circle all the time, chasing my own tail. And that's how I keep myself entertained, I guess. Wow. Um, so I like everything pretty much. But right you have now no idea I, yeah. how th- that is such a that is such a reassuring thing to hear. Cause that's that I think like personally that's my that's my like regular struggle. It's like um you're spending too much time on like the 2D stuff. Well, you haven't really I mean, you haven't really done how, anything in 3D how, for how so long. How old are you though, right? How long do you have to live? Cuz we, we you don't have to do everything all at once. You can do one thing now and do something else later. <laughs> like Exactly, you know, that that is true. Yeah. Um as long as you're I enjoying it. I guess it's just it. kind of like Yeah. Yeah. I mean like this is gonna sound super like uh, I mean not meaning to be a downer or anything, but I guess like no, I, or I don't know. I think like just honestly, this whole like the whole pandemic thing, um, like people around me have like you know like like I think I think most of us have have uh or may have like lost or almost lost someone to the to this whole thing and like it kind of it basically this like this this last year kind of really introduced a lot of um i don't know like existential no not yeah but you know questions about life generally and exactly and i did end up wondering like how like can i keep thinking this way like like can i keep like do i really do I really have a whole life ahead of me? I mean, because this thing was pretty like this. I mean, it it got like yeah. it. This is probably the realest like. Uh, I mean, well, you know, this is the this is the only like major pandemic that that like I've felt in my lifetime. So 
Okay, well, how about you know, how about looking at it another way where let's say, you know, the pandemic made you appreciate life more, right? You're like, okay, now is the yeah. only time I have, yeah. so I have to spend it well. Then that means that you should be doing what you are really into right now. You shouldn't be doing anything else. You should only do uh-huh. like yeah. what you really really want to do. Because who knows, you get hit by a bus tomorrow or whatever. I mean, like, I'm not saying you go, like, party and do a bunch of drugs right now, but just, like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you... D- not total Viking mode, but... Like, yeah. you deserve to spend your time how you see fit, you know? Like, you don't have to do th- things for other people all the time. I mean, I don't know. That's a very selfish way to think also. No, so, no. I mean, I think... But, yes. No, I, I get it, like... Because you might also just be like um, the whole like uh, the whole f- like um, like the future mark or the future the future Vaughn thing, you know, like what will what will future what will future me thank me for? Mm-hmm. Like that can also kind of be a, like really inhibiting sometimes. And who are you to say really what your future self will, you know, like you don't like, yeah. We don't really know for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I yeah, that's a good point actually. And in in our field, like computer graphics, it's uh, uh, the first thing is that at least for me, the 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 quarantine and the pandemic at first, at least, was it, it changed nothing because I was working from home anyway. So mm-hmm. I was I knew all that stuff. Maybe right now, after a year, I'm starting to getting a little crazy, but but it was not it was not such a difficult stuff. And also, I noticed that many people, when they have to switch, change something in their job or what they do, they have to physically they have to do it physically. So, like friends, a friend of mine found the job he wanted to do only after going from Poland to let's say to Denmark because there was an offer there. And for example, if you want to try something, you need to go there physically. And uh, like when you are a CG artist, the op- there's also almost too too many options. Like there's so many similar fields mm-hmm. which you can try and evolve to, or that it's just you know a matter of of uh, downloading I don't know ZBrush dem- demo or or DaVinci Resolve post production coloring. So it's it's very easy, I think, in for 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 people who work in our in our area. Yeah, we're, to we're pretty lucky, very lucky. So, but by the way, we had an interview with Cheyenne Mondal, and I think he, he, I don't know if 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 DJ you basically you are looking for such guests, uh, but he had a very similar approach to yours, like. Um, the, the kind of the kind of renegade path, right? <laughs> quitting quitting school and following your dreams, <laughs> like uh, 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 jo- joining the 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 coding, the the creating software, and um, he's actually creating uh, the procedural uh, materials and being an artist. Mm. Uh, I think this is something that a lot of people would envy you that you can create your own painting painting tool like uh, also like sometimes i i use krita and also i have 
I would have ideas what what would be useful, like more realistic, uh, like uh, colors, the the paints being being mixed on the canvas in a more realistic physical way, mm-hmm. like the 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 watercolors have their way because you know it's like almost the water can suck can suck the neighboring color into the 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 uh, yeah the the that's the true. other one yeah it's pretty pretty advanced so now you can now you can just you know join the beta testers of heavy paint and just contribute to yeah <laughs> i'm open to suggestions I don't have impression that this software that it's it's going this way. Actually, I, I wanted to do a, an experiment and, for example, use um, use some uh, fluid uh, simulation in, for example, in Cinema 4D, create a real pencil and try to paint this way to to oh, wow. simulate. Uh, like, I mean, this kind of feature would be very cool in 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 drawing, in general in in painting apps. Well, I have like, you have you used that app called um, Rebel Painter? I think it's called Rebel, like R E B E L L E. Oh that yeah, I mean, I, I really good, uh, you know, media effects like that, like well, fully simulated, everything super realistic. Um, so yeah, that one looks yeah. pretty cool. It's one of those like real paint emulators, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's what it's known yeah. for. Like I, I've also tried um, Corel Painter. I'm not like I kind of only really like dip my feet on uh, in each, but it seemed like um, like the impression, for example, Corel left on me was like it. It was pretty. It was it was kind of crazy how like even. Like the way their brushes worked was not really kind of that that repeating stamp approach anymore, mm-hmm. and that um, I'm not sure if you call it a simulation really, but then it really did feel like you were working with actual bristles on the tip of your stylus. It was pretty pretty neat, but also um, yeah. yeah, no, actually, it was like for if that if that was sort of. Uh, someone's thing, I guess, like trying to emulate like, uh, like the medium itself, maybe more than the the process. Then, yeah, like it's it's pretty like, yeah. it's pretty interesting to see that like there's there's stuff like that out there mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, like everybody's got different priorities basically, and those, uh, those those ones I really admire for being so technical, like that. That's a really smart guy stuff like big brain stuff you know doing all the simulations and that's a whole nother yeah. thing yeah that's, so maybe maybe one <clears throat> one final question is how how you manage to you know get over getting a, getting an oscar and <laughs> the life after oh <laughs> and what's the plan like what's the what's the next bi- next big goal that you maybe set for yourself and i don't know heavy paint or whatever heavy poly thing and congratulations, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah, huge props. Thanks, guys. Um, well, I guess I, I, uh, in terms of next goals, I wanna definitely wanna keep working on this heavy paint thing. Like for me, I consider this like my best project so far. Heavy paint, like 
Um, this is the thing I'm the most passionate about. And, and it's mainly because, you know, I get to see other people using it. And there's a lot of, you know, communication and stuff. Because usually I'm just by myself all the time working. So it's nice to, like, put something out in the world and see, you know, people interact with it. And then even something like this, like doing an interview about it is really exciting and fun for me. And so, yeah, I, I definitely want to keep going with it, see how far it goes. Um, play with it but after that i don't know I'll maybe do a video game at some point you know everybody wants to make a video game someday right but, but uh, <laughs> no. well i don't okay well <laughs> yeah i'm the only one uh no i i think animation to me is very very difficult and and stressful and it's a lot of work so it's a very tough industry that i've been doing you know animation stuff since you know 2012 so i think who knows maybe heavy pain is like the first step in a in a transition into other stuff or maybe i end up back i don't know i have no idea but i try not to think about the past stuff too much just like honestly i wake up in the morning and i'll probably have an email from someone saying like hey there's a bug or like it crashed or one star review or something like that and then i have to go fix it and so i don't have any time to you know think about anything too grand but but uh i, I do want to see see where it goes i'm gonna i'm gonna keep pursuing this this thing because i have a good feeling about it you know and i i, I try to tr trust my gut usually and yeah so i'm gonna trust trust my gut and keep going yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I will surely and yeah, I be think testing like, the the heavy paint soon because recently I had like uh, a birthday present which I'm still waiting for arrival a new drawing tablet. Nice. This kind of display display tablet, you know, the fir first time that what I what I will be drawing with this kind of a device. Oh, awesome. I'm really curious about how it how it will work with uh, with heavy paint, right? Cool. So. So some testing ahead. Yay. Nice. Mm. And I, th All right. I, think, well. I think it was a really, really fun conversation. We're already over an hour. Yeah. So I guess we'll be <laughs> wrapping up. And <laughs> it went fast. Yeah. But again, thanks for super fast. thanks for joining us for this episode. Yeah. And uh yeah, the real honor to have you here, man. Yeah, thank you guys for, for inviting me on again. It was um I'm really happy to do it and I had a lot of fun talking. I mean, like, I, I hope it wasn't too much. I, I'm talking about myself. It's a little bit sickening sometimes, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, try, I'll no. try, try to keep it interesting. But uh, yeah, I've, I've heard on your on one, no, it was definitely one of your live, recent live streams, like we were mentioning, you know, this this becoming talkative through a dentist operation or something like that, right? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, did, you didn't seem very tongue-tied. Like during this uh, conversation, so yeah, I guess it was really good. You know, I think you don't need any kind of operations there. So. Cool. All right, or I'll I'll hold implants. off on it. I'll hold <laughs> off on the plastic surgery. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah. Cool. So. All right. So, thanks a lot again. Thanks. And uh, for everyone listening, I guess this wraps it up. Yeah, so we'll leave you, we'll leave see you, you all, the, the, next all the necessary links in the description. Of so, course, so you can as follow, always. you know, follow, like, and 
download Heavy Paint, follow Vault's yeah. artwork if you haven't already, as I'm sure most of you people listening already know Heavy Poly and all the stuff around. Yeah. So, oh, maybe you'd like to maybe you'd like to uh, mention. Um, uh, like where where can people find you? Oh, um, mainly Instagram at Heavy Poly or um, HeavyPoly dot com is the site, and then HeavyPaint dot app is the app site. Um, but yeah, th- that's cool. the main stuff. Right, okay. people. So, all right. So that's it for today, <laughs> and thank you all for listening in, and see you in the next episode. Of- CG Talks. Hey, I mean, here you (laughs) go. Bye. Uh, Bye. (laughs) Bye. All right.